Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're going to be continuing our study on Christ our Healer. Christ our Healer, but we're going to be continuing this idea of really a uh, building a foundation, uh, building a foundation. So yesterday, if you uh, haven't had a chance to check that one out and to listen to it, which I would encourage you to go and to listen to that, but yesterday we went over this concept of Genesis 1, that God created everything, right? He created the world. He spoke and it came into existence. That, that is incredible. That is awesome when we look at who God is and what he does and how he does it. And we see this concept that, in fact, God did not create sickness. He didn't create disease. He didn't create sin. Sin had not entered into the world at this point in time. We see this through, through creation. He said that it was good. It, it wasn't that there was sickness and disease and death that was on the earth. That wasn't God's design for mankind. That wasn't God's design for mankind. But today, in understanding healing, one of the things that we do need to understand then is, where do we get sickness? Where do we get death? Where does all of this come from? Where does disease come from? This is actually very vital and very important of a foundation to understand and to realize that when looking at this concept and, and understanding healing. And so today we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to be seeing where sickness, where death, where disease, where all of this comes from so that we can understand then where this comes from today. Where do we get sickness? Where do we get disease? Where do we get death? Where do we get illness? Where, where do these things come from? Where does the blame go? Does, does the blame go to God or does it go somewhere else? But let's read Genesis chapter 3. And it says this, Now the serpent was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of the tree of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that on the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit, and she ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed lib uh, fig, tree, excuse me, fig leaves together, and they made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and he said unto him, where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And then the man said, the woman whom you gave uh, to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. 
So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than a little, than all the cattle and uh, every beast of the field and on your belly, you shall go and you shall eat the dust all of the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. You shall bruise, or excuse me, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and uh, your conception in pain, and you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And then to Adam, he said, because you uh, have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I have commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles. It shall go forth for you, and you shall eat of the herb of the field, and of the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, and for dust you are, and dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she is the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he uh, put out his hand and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. And so he drove out the man and he placed the cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which, uh, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So we see here in this chapter, because I just kind of want to run down this, as to what happened here in this chapter of Scripture. We, we see that there is a that, that there's Adam and Eve. They're in the garden. They're, they're walking with God in their midst. Uh, but one day the serpent comes, and of course this is Satan himself, and, and he comes and he deceives Eve. Eve takes of the tree, uh, of the fruit of the tree. She eats of it. Of course, Adam goes and eats as well. And then there's all these curses. But the biggest curse of all of these things is that death enters the world. But through this, the ground is cursed. The animal kingdom is cursed. Death enters the world. And of course, through this, pain is increased. Sorrow is increased. There is discord uh, between um, relationships. And along with all of this comes sickness. And of course, ult the ultimate sickness, which is death. There's sickness, there's illness, there's disease that has now come in. And not just for mankind, by the way, of course, we, we see this also coming into uh, plants and also into animals. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that enter into the world because of this. And this is an, an important foundation to understand. And this is the first point that I really want you to understand and to realize this morning is that sickness, death, and disease are present in this world, not because God gave them, but because sin entered the world, and that is the just punishment for sin. It's not God who is working disease. It's not God who's working illness. It's not God who's working sickness. It's not God who's working death. It is that sin by our own free nature, by that own free moral agency of Adam and Eve, they partook of the fruit and they brought a curse that extends to us. 
And so this is important to understand because one of the the, the big misconceptions when it comes to the doctrine of healing is that as soon as you go and you say, look, God is a healer, even though, you know, Jehovah Rapha, I mean, it's literally the name, the Lord our healer, the, the a name of God, one of the big misconceptions that comes up is that people go and they say, well, yeah, but this person didn't get healed, or this thing didn't get healed, or or this person still died, or they couldn't heal themselves, which is an interesting question that they're bringing up. But in believing in the doctrine of healing, which we're going to get into, and we're going to see this here moving forward, it is important to understand something that's not denying that there is still sin in this world, that we live in a sin-cursed world, and the effects of sin are still here. That is an important foundation to realize. In fact, in believing in the doctrine of healing, I would propose this. This also, by necessity, means that you believe that people are going to be sick and that they're going to get sick. You can't be healed if you're never sick, right? I mean, like, that, that is part of it. Now, the, there is also uh, somewhat, a, a, I believe, a, a doctrine of health, that God does bring health to your, to your being as well and can uh, w- with this. And there are certain things that you can avoid and, and whatnot while living inside of God's will. And that's I- important to understand that. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll never get sick. That doesn't mean that you'll never die because we live in a sin-cursed world. This came about because Adam and Eve sinned because they used their free moral agency in the wrong way, it did bring consequences, not just to Adam and Eve, but also to the entire world. Quite literally, um, there, there are diseases that come up on not just Adam and Eve, not just human beings, but also on crops today. Also, yeah, you, you see illnesses, sicknesses, diseases in trees today. You see illnesses, diseases, and sicknesses in animals today. You know, it was just, it was only the snake, the serpent there, that was possessed by the devil, but yet dogs still die. Yet dogs still take a part in this, and it's because mankind was given the world, this is where we got to go back to uh, yesterday, what was given the world to go and to take dominion. There was a headship that mankind had over the world, that they were to take dominion, that they were to subdue the world, that they were over the animals, that that, that we are over the, the plants and the fields and everything like that of the world. And because we sinned, it also impacted everything. And that's why we still have that. So I want you to understand something, and we're, we're going to dive into this more later on in the series, but this is important to bring this up now. And, and that is that every sin, every sickness, every disease, it comes from sin. Now, there's two ways that it could come from sin. It can come from sin. The, the, the disease, the sickness, the illness that you have it is from sin. Now, it's either because we're in a sin-cursed world and it is in general that it has come about, or it is because you have sinned and you have done something. That, that is a possibility as well, or you have not done something right, perhaps. Uh, an example of this, just, just to give into a little example, we're going to dive into this in the, the coming days quite a bit more, but an example of this would be, okay, you've got heart disease. 
And that heart disease is directly attached to the gluttony that you have. Well, guess what? That's a sin that you committed that caused an illness or a sickness or something like that. We go and we see that, that right there is a, a, a problem that's directly attached to a sin. We, we see that. It's, it's boom. It's obvious. Okay. But that can happen in other ways too and other examples. But then it could also just be, well, you, you ended up getting a genetic uh, thing of heart disease or a heart defect or something like that. Well, that's because we live in a sin-cursed world. There were no heart defects before sin entered into this world. Now, the question that we're going to be answering is, can God heal these things? Will God heal these things? And we're going to even dive into, do Christians have a right to go into call upon that? And what are a lot of the necessities uh, or the qualifications in order to get healing. And we'll look at all of these kinds of things. But but it is important to understand as we're approaching the doctrine of healing, one is to understand what we looked at yesterday. God is not the author of sin, or excuse me, well, he's not the author of sin, but he's not the author of sickness. He's not the author of death. He's not the author of illness. Our own moral free moral agency is what is the author of sin sickness, death, illness, it is mankind through sin that we're the author of that. That is where sickness, illness, death, all of that comes from. It comes directly tied to sin. And this is important because, and this is the point that we're going to end on here this morning, there's a promise that's given in Genesis chapter 3, and this is something that's really important. I'm setting up what we're going to be looking at tomorrow, and that is that from the seed of woman, there will be someone who comes, his name is Jesus, and he will crush the head or bruise the head is what, what this translation said, bruise the head of the serpent. He will bruise the head of the serpent. There is somebody who is coming to take care of sin. There is somebody who's coming to restore what God originally intended. But I want you to remember, where does sickness come from? Where do diseases come from? Where do illnesses come from? Because this is such an important foundational point Sicknesses, diseases, illnesses, they come from sin. You, you know, there, there's a lot of people today who believe that, that sicknesses, illnesses, diseases, all of these things, that they're authored by God. That, that In fact, that there are some people who will go out, and we'll, we'll deal with this passage of Scripture, you know, the, that, that, uh, that the Apostle Paul is a thorn in the flesh. When, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. But there are a lot of people who, because they take passages like that— and they, they will turn them into going and saying, God gave me this illness. No, God did not give you that illness. It's not a blessing. Your sickness, your disease, it's not a blessing. God can work through all kinds of terrible circumstances. Don't get me wrong. He can absolutely work through all kinds of terrible circumstances, but God doesn't go and say, ah, 
I'm going to give, you know what I need to get this person over here saved or to get a hold of this person's life or uh, something. He doesn't go, oh, look, I know what you need. You need some brain cancer. That's what you need. Woohoo, here's a good gift for you. I got you brain cancer. Happy birthday. That's not what God does, because that's not a good gift. That's not a perfect gift. That's not a gift that is in accordance with God's nature. It's not a gift that's in accordance with God's original plan. It's not a, a gift that's in accordance with God's, with who God is or God's design for mankind. That's not what he's doing. If, if God gives you brain cancer, it's a judgment that's upon your life. It's not a gift. And it's not him giving it to you then, it's, it's him imputing judgment to you because you've sinned. And of course, once again, that's sin that's bringing that into your life. Now, I'm not saying that every time somebody has brain cancer, I'm not saying every time somebody has, has cancer that it's because of their personal sin that they have that. It's quite possible that it is from the fact that we have and live in a sin-cursed world. But we have to understand that we are going to live in a world that has sickness. We're going to live in a world that has death. We're going to live in a world that, that has all of these things because we do live in a sin-cursed world. That's the reality of it. So even when we look at this doctrine of healing, we do need to understand this concept. Two things. One, where does sickness come from? And two, the reality that we're going to live in a world with sickness and we're going to become sick. Eventually, unless the rapture comes, you will become sick and you will die. It is appointed for a man to die once and after that judgment. And that's because we're in a sin-cursed world. And I want you to remember those points, because though those points might not seem super important, these are the points that most people end up going wrong on in their life when it comes to the doctrine of healing. They go and they say, well, God, God brought this, you know, the sickness is from God. And so I'm just going to suffer for Jesus. It's my lot in life. It's my burden to bear. It's my cross to bear. That's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true that it's your lot to bear. In fact, I'd say it's not true. <laughs> that sickness, that life of illness or whatnot. You can have victory. Now, you do need to remember, someday you will die. You will die. And I'm not trying to say that to discourage you. I'm trying to say that to bring this to a reality. I'm not saying that we're going to go and, and, and live forever on this earth because that's not a promise that God gave us. But he did give us a promise of healing. And we're going to see that here in the coming days. But thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising. Then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now while you wait, 
Let's see it. You can believe it. The work is already done.